Hello, Purse Strings listeners. Thank you for listening to WebmasterRadio.fm's most decorated radio series. Discover the Purse Strings listening experience in a brand new way. Introducing the WebmasterRadio.fm mobile app, now available for iPhone and Android. Listen to new episodes live every week or download any of the over 200 past episodes or sample from our extensive library of radio shows that every internet marketer should check out without opening up your purse. Download the WebmasterRadio.fm mobile app in the iTunes Store or in Google Play today. The Gucci Girl, Prada Professional, Coach Queen, or Target Trendsetter. No matter how you describe her, she's the most powerful consumer in the country. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Join marketing to women expert Maria Ritan, president at Lola Red, as she chats with those in the know so that your business can grow. Now, please welcome our host of Purse Strings, Maria Ritan. Good afternoon and welcome to Purse Strings. I'm Maria Retan. Thanks so much for joining me today. You can catch Purse Strings every Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Each and every week, you'll learn how you and your company can corner the market on the most powerful consumer in the country, the 51% of us who control more than 8 course. Well, first up, uh, thanks to Jerry Hudson of Moxie Interactive. I read his Engage Media article on the viewing habits of Gen Y. I thought it was really interesting, especially in light of my guest today. Um, He was actually quoting a recent study by ProudTab and Ipsos Media talking about the TV viewing habits of Gen Y, Gen X, and baby boomers. Well, we all have heard about watching too much TV. Well, apparently Gen Y Um, has not been watching that much TV. Believe it or not, Gen X and baby boomers watch more than Gen Y. But when it comes to engaging in media in general, millennials are watching up to 18 hours a day of media. Now, the way we get into 18 hours, and this is what's going to be pretty interesting, I think, is they're using multiple devices. And when you use multiple devices, uh, that counts twice. So you may be watching TV, but also on your iPad. So that actually counts as double screen time. Uh, So according to Verizon, 87% of Gen Y subscribe to pay TV. Their entire viewing accounts for about 25 to 40% of their overall consumption. And that's in large part thanks to technology. Uh, VOD libraries, DVRs, and on-the-go streaming. Uh, Jerry also talks about when people are watching. Now, Traditional TV viewing happens between 6 and midnight on a regular basis, but people are watching online videos during the day. Now, I don't know when they have time to watch it. I'm working. Maybe they don't have to work, but apparently that's what's happening. And mobile video is steady throughout the day as well. Uh, Most smartphone media consumption, according to Jerry, takes place through an app, which I also thought was interesting. So it'll be It'll be interesting to kind of watch and see uh, how Gen Y continues to change and morph how we consume media. But I think the scary thing is how much media is being consumed and the impact of that, not only on them, but what they're thinking about what they're actually imbibing on a, on a media consumption basis. Our post profile today is the Prada Professional. This is a a career woman working full-time, median age of about 36. Of course, she's a college grad. Three-quarters of them are married, um, and about 50 60% of them are parents. Median household income is about $150,000. 
Uh, she keeps her eye to the latest fashions. Her looks are very important to her. It's important that she stand out in a crowd. Um, relationships are also critical to her. Uh, she enjoys uh, possessing, possessing really quality things, both clothing and things for her home. She does consider herself to be a practical purchaser. So for expensive items, for example, she'll go shop for the best price. She does plan ahead and tries to manage her money when it comes to shopping. She considers herself a workaholic, although she does believe that life is more than just work and she's interested in spending time with her family um, engaging in the arts, and also travel. Uh, when it comes to purchases, uh, she's spending money um, on all kinds of things, designer goods like Armani and Calvin Klein, cosmetics like Chanel and Lancome. She's driving a BMW, an Audi, a Toyota. She's, she's shopping at Neiman Marcus, for example. Nordstrom's um, Crate and Barrel and Pottery Barn. Uh, so how can you intersect with this Prada professional? She's reading a lot of magazines and watching a lot of cable, as many, many, many of us are. So whether it's real simple, in-style, shape, Vanity Fair, eFood Network, or TLC, you can find her there. Um, and um, in general, you can find her talking to a lot of her like-minded friends, because word of mouth also is a great way to reach this woman who doesn't have a lot of time because she has so many responsibilities. Well, my guest today um, has been uh, a working woman her entire life, it seems, and being quite, quite successful. Her illustrious career has spanned a number of decades in what is probably the hardest industry for women in the world. I'm talking about Hollywood. Nancy Malone is an actress, producer, and director, um, everything from playing um, Robin Lang Bowden Fletcher on the daytime soap opera Guiding Light to being on a number of television series like The Long Hot Summer, Twilight Zone. Um, from act, being an actress, she was also, in the 70s, the first female vice president of TV at 20th Century Fox. She was breaking barriers there. She was also awarded one of the first Crystal Awards by Women in Film, and she's also won an Emmy Award. Um, love the fact that she won it for producing Bob Hope, The First 90 Years, one of the guys that I love to watch and has been also nominated for Emmys for directing episodes of Sisters in the Trials of Rosie O'Neill. Um, I'm really, really excited to have Nancy on the program today. We're going to be talking about what it takes to break the glass ceiling in Hollywood. Nancy certainly knows she did it uh, at a time when not many women were having a lot of success at it. And she managed to do it. So really look forward to getting her insights. You want to stick around for this. Purse Strings returns after the break. Purse Strings will be right back after a word from our advertisers. And a bit. There are many things we would love to catch. Catching the final out of a baseball game. And that's the ball game. Reeling that big catch of the day. Or catching a ride home. Taxi! How about catching more attention like the biggest retail brands on earth? Introducing Catchy.com, where they sell short branded attractive.com domain names. Use a short and catchy brand just like Sony, Visa, and Nike for your next business venture. You can even rent to own for as low as $100 a month. Catch a big break for your business with Catchy.com. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is authoritylabs.com. 
Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is authoritylabs.com. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics. So you know their SEO experts, but did you know they can help you with PVC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Your mission, initiate internet marketing measures. Your arsenal, the weapons of mass marketing. Weapons of mass marketing. On demand anytime inside the internet marketing channel. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Her Strings is back with the inside track on Today's Women. Once again, here's Maria Ritan. Welcome back to the show. Joining me today is Nancy Malone, an actress, producer, and director whose illustrious career has spanned 50 years. She's really broke into Hollywood at a time when roles for women uh, were, were fairly, I guess, fairly common. They were fairly traditional. And yet she managed to break through not only on the small screen, but the big screen. She went on to become the first female vice president of television at 20th Century Fox, which is no small feat in the 70s. And she's won many, many awards for her work, both in producing and directing over the years. And I'm just thrilled to have Nancy on today to talk about breaking the glass ceiling in Hollywood. Nancy, welcome to the program. Well, thanks, Maria. I've enjoyed listening to uh, you know, the earlier part of the program from well, your perspective. Um, yeah, there's a lot to talk about in terms of representations of women in Hollywood as well as the industry itself. Um, but I'm going to follow your lead and so I don't go off on a tangent and, and not to come back to the points that you wish to make. So you oh, should well, go first. I- Thank you. I so appreciate that. And I know I could probably just let you take over the program and everyone would probably be better for <laughs> no, it. I know. You never know, though. It's too hard for me. <laughs> oh, I doubt that. I doubt that. You're being very humble. I mean, when I said earlier, you've pretty much done it all from acting to directing to producing, being a film film executive, winning one of the first Crystal Awards by Women in Film, Emmy Awards, at really quite an impressive career. What do you owe your success and longevity? Well, of course, you know, I have to go back to my mother and father uh, because my mother was an Irish immigrant and my father, who had neither one of them had education really to speak of. My mother never went to school uh, being out in the country in Ireland and my dad had very little schooling as well. So there was a tremendous amount of logic in our family um, on how to just get by and how to just get around the difficulties that life presented uh, during those years. And I learned a great deal about just, you know, having common sense, which unfortunately today is very 
difficult to find um, amongst anybody, much less people in the business. So I think I would like to just say that my early upbringing um, was was certainly due to my mother. Um, and when I started, I think it was about six or seven years of age, um, your mother, mother went with me, of course, to all the jobs. And um, I just learned on the job, so to speak. I watched and observed how people behaved, and I watched how people who didn't respect the people they were working for, did not succeed. And um, we always were very grateful for the work that we had and and, uh, pursued other avenues of expanding my career. Mm -hmm. Um, So basically, that's what I really owe my so-called success to, is my mother and father. Then, I guess because I was so interested in the business and learned, I studied with the great, the great Stella Adler, and um, I was an invited member of the Actors Studio when I was uh, 13 or 14, and was on Broadway when I was 14, starring with an actor, great actor named Melvin Douglas. And uh, from there, I just you know would watch everybody. Um, on the series that... Uh, I did there in New York, The Naked City, which was the first show ever shot on the streets of New York. Um, they would have incredible guest stars. Um, was like Walter Matthau and, oh, just, you know, an amazing array of people. And I would stay after my scenes were done to watch those performers and to see what made a line funny, certainly with Walter Matthau. And uh, with Bob Duvall, I would watch how he would transition from one aspect of an emotional bent to another. Today, sadly, um, when I'm directing um, some of the younger members of our community, they would walk in and say, what time am I finished? (laughs) And I would stare at them and say, you're not finished until the day of your work is over. So stop making baits to go to the clubs. You know, learn to be an actor. Learn to be better. And well, and one is- might argue. I was going to say, Nancy. One might argue too that you never stop. Right? It sounds like part of your success has been an innate curiosity to learn through observation and to watch others who were great at the same craft, and really just continuing to learn, never feeling like really that you've learned enough or done enough or that you've arrived. Would you agree with well, that? It's called, yeah, it's called curiosity as well. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. it's one thing to be on the computer all day and all night and, you know, not really use the capacities of your brain to find out uh, something about something. Interestingly enough, I have a, a little uh, girl whom I'm mentoring and I'll ask her a question and, boy, those little thumbs are working on her iPhone like crazy. <laughs> to get the answer and I said no no think think you know you read right. it someplace think so um, I have a, I have a little trouble with the easy access brain power we are now all enveloped with and uh, I like people to to think and use their brain and and you know it's it's part of I think an acting muscle um, because right. certainly when you're doing a play or a part you have to reach into that emotional base and you're not going to find it, you know, on Google. <laughs> you right. have to find well, it in yourself. 
Exactly. So Uh, so let's talk about that. You know, speaking about reflecting on yourself and your career, and of course, it's a career that continues today. What has been your favorite thing that you've done over the course of your career? Because you've done so many different things. I'm just curious what you would say was your favorite and why. Well, um, I'll I'll go by category. In the acting world, I think you'll find most serious actors will say uh, the theater, because you do have, you know, a responsibility to certainly show up, and uh, and you also have the affection of the audience, hopefully, and you have the exchange of your fellow actors and the audience in a magic circle, which is uh, probably the most um, rewarding of 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 all the aspects of the acting career that you could possibly have. So. Theater, yes, is is my most favorite way of developing, and also I love directing theater as well. So, yeah, I I think probably that is the best place to be the most expressive. You know, when we look back at the film and TV industry over the last, you know, 40, 50 years, there has been significant change, uh, clearly. Uh, what, in your opinion, has been the biggest change that you've witnessed overall? I know that's a fairly broad question. No, it's an excellent question. And <laughs> color, because <laughs> we come from days of black and white, you know, and enormous cameras. Now we have colored telephones that will take the movie for you. So, you know, that progress technically is uh, is probably the huge change that uh, all of us have been trying to keep in, in touch with. Um, and every time you turn around, when you think you've got, you know, it mastered for some various levels of high technology, <laughs> all of a sudden something else comes along and you have to throw <laughs> that aspect out and start in, in again with something new. But um, there is, you know, ever-changing technology today that you just have to keep up with. And, uh, you know, I see some of the kids from my school, American Film Institute, and they'll come in with an entire, you know, short movie, you know, and, oh, okay, take a look at my movie, and they pull up the phone. <laughs> and it's, uh, I mean, I have to laugh because there's no question about screen ratio and there's no question right. about depth of field or blacks and whites and you know it's just it's funny but it's uh it's certainly streaming everywhere these days and uh, it is is. part of the amazing evolution of of our business and while the technology has changed dramatically as you pointed out some things haven't changed so much what hasn't changed in your perspective over these years well, that's, again, an excellent question. Uh, I, I think there's less, I'll give you the, the negative part of it, the, there's less quality um, than there was. And I, I just don't mean from the technological point of view, but in terms of the seriousness uh, of some of the actors, what hasn't changed is those people who desire to make the best. I mean, everybody shows to do that, of course, but it does require a little bit more than, you know, hopping out uh, with your cell phone and taking a a short picture. It does require some study, and it does require, you know, dedication. 
I remember, and this is not a pat on my back, but as a young actress of 12 and 13, I would go to the Museum of Modern Art, because I was a New Yorker then, and uh, study all of the old actresses, um, the Greta Garbos, the Myrna Loys, the Barbara Stanwicks, and so on and so forth. Well, watch them and watch what they did and see what was achieved by various things they did, either blocking-wise or what they did with their face or hair or whatever. The thing that makes me crazy today is that all these beautiful young girls have hair in front of their face. And one, you can't. the, the women then had their hair pulled back so you could light them and see them. And uh, I remember having this conversation with this gorgeous girl on a, on a program called Resurrection Boulevard. And she had this gorgeous black hair. And you could see the tip of her nose when she turned profile. And I said, that's not when anybody's going to remember. They want to remember your face. So she finally, she finally acquiesced and pulled her hair back. But... Um, you know, it's, it's certain things like that, it's just so interesting to me uh, that, you know, things that haven't changed are, I think, people like me who, who want the best out of a face and mm-hmm. obviously the best out of a performance, which you can't see if the hair is covering the face. Exactly. And the, in terms of the boys, the young men, I think, you know, a lot of the guys go by today just because they think they're cute, and most of them are. And, you know, there's a lot more to a human soul than just, you know, wearing a great T-shirt and, uh, you know, coming in on your looks. Mm -hmm. And uh, I wish the boys would study more and, you know, learn some of the old plays of Clifford Odets and Shakespeare and, no coward and all the things mm. that the English actors take for granted. Mm-hmm. It's funny that you, it's not funny. It's just uh, interesting that you call out kind of uh, that one particular woman with the hair in the face. And it just kind of harkens back to women in the industry in general. When you started off, you said at 14 on stage, you, you were part of a generation that really paved the way for not only actresses, but producers and writers and directors in the industry. While we've seen women in these positions now more than ever before, I know they are still outnumbered by men, especially in the writing, the producing, and the directing, which are critical, because those tend to be decision makers and influencers. Are we making the progress we need, and what needs to happen for us to progress further when it comes to putting women into these roles? Well, I'm just going to, um, I, I, I'm just going to read you something. Um, it says here, I have a great friend. Her name is Martha Lausanne. It's L-A-U-Z-E-N. She's a PhD in San Diego state. And she's been following this, um, trend for, for years. And, uh, interestingly enough in the acting profession, she says, 13% of the top 100 films featured equal numbers of major female and male characters. Female characters were younger than their male counterparts and were more likely than males to have an identifiable marital status. And she goes on about um, that the protagonists are usually males and usually the women are the support system. Um, now, things have changed in a funny way. 
um, some things. Uh, the women who have strong roles are not unlike you could you could just change. They're interchangeable. You know, they have big guns. They have uh, latex. <laughs> they have uh, you know, they're on the same level occupationally wise than the women of the previous generations. Um, it says here, when uh, occupational status was known, female characters were most likely to hold blue-collar positions, 30%, followed by white-collar positions, 28%, and out-of-workforce positions, such as students, 19, and professional positions, 9. And then she goes on about... Um, 73 were Caucasian, followed by African American, 14%, Latina, 5 Asian, 3 other worldly, 3%, and other, 2 So there is, when um, this program is over, I will certainly give you uh, her a proper address uh, because I think you personally would be fascinated with the stats. Mm-hmm. They're yes. absolutely amazing. And um, she also has, you know, representations of directors, writers, and producers. And the the discrepancy there is is pretty horrendous. Um, there are some women now in positions of development and vice president development, and you know, jobs that could lead to further what we call giving the nod or a green light to various projects. But there aren't many. And uh, I think they still have to, you know, it is a corporation, of course, the film, but they um, they still have to answer to uh, a board in which are usually consisted of all men um, to get a project green lit. This is, I'm speaking in the film uh, movie business, not so much the television business. Right, but it right. Is a, it, it does have its, uh, you know, it is, you know, still a man's world in the business. Yes, it is. It is. And we're going to take a quick break. And then I want to pick up that thread about some of what you said before about some of the really strong female roles that we're seeing. So everyone stick around. We're going to have more from Nancy Malone after the break. Purse Strings will be right back after a word from our advertisers. Guys, are you suffering from FD, fulfillment dysfunction? Let MoldingBox.com's online portal system for inventory, tracking, and returns perform for you. We have the enormous tools you need for complete warehousing, shipping, and handling of all your packages, no matter the size or shape, directly to your customers. MoldingBox.com can also fulfill all your nourishing, nutraceutical, and smooth skincare product desires, including green coffee and Garcinia on demand. Plus, let our in-house printing and CD, DVD manufacturing help you enlarge and maximize your coaching and business opportunity potential. We do everything. Fulfillment, shipping, tracking, inside and out, and all in one place. Moldingbox.com. It's shipping made sexy. The Web Marketing Association is now accepting entries for the 18th Annual International Web Award Competition. Web Marketing Award winners receive an image plaque, certificate of achievement, higher visibility for your company, Valuable feedback from our expert judges and links to your site from the highly ranked web award site. 
visit www.webaward.org to nominate your company, site, or organization. The call for entries has begun, and the deadline to enter is May 30th, 2014. Go to www.webaward.org and sign up today. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Mobilizing your marketing efforts. Welcome to Mobile Presence. Discover the best practices for tracking and targeting mobile marketing. Mobile presence on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Her Strings is back with the inside track on today's women. Once again, here's Maria Ritan. I've been talking today with Nancy Malone, actress, producer, director, whose 50-year career has won many accolades. And I've been thrilled to be talking about kind of what's changed over the last few decades when it comes to women in the industry. And Nancy, before the break, you were talking about the strong female roles we've seen, that there are a lot of women who find themselves in parts where they're on par with their their male actors. So whether it, for example, one example might be Juliana Margulies from The Good Wife or Robin White of House of Cards or Carrie Washington's uh, mm-hmm. character in Scandal. It looks like we're making progress against those stereotypes, mm-hmm. but we still have a lot of progress to be made, as you were saying before the break, when it comes to, uh, you know, the writing and the producing and the directing, although I know we've, it, again, made some progress. Who do you think is championing women right now who, who are really shaking up the industry? Well, to just answer that question, but also wanted to just point out that 90% of programs employed no women directors. Mm. So that should go in your in your bag of tricks there that I'm going to send you um, some of the stats, which I think will be an interesting um, addendum to our conversation, perhaps on another program somewhere. Um, yes. But anyway, uh, who do I think is championing this? Well, I tell you, I have great, great, great respect for Angelina Jolie. Um, and she has taken her career, her beauty, and, you know, she's the only one that can really open a picture by herself, as they say. And she's now making another picture with, you know, a very, I don't know the whole story of the picture that she's presently making, but I'm sure it has to do with some kind of consciousness and some kind of um, plea for understanding of some kind of difficulties in the world. Uh, I am extreme. I don't know this one. I know her her editor, but I don't know her. But I would love to know her. Um, mm-hmm. The other person you mentioned is Robin, um, who was on House of Cards, and I noticed because I used to watch the show that she directed one of the episodes, and mm-hmm. I was absolutely thrilled. Also, Jodie Foster came in and directed mm-hmm. one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but you do see a ton of uh, people who were on their various series after a number of years get to do more than one. So I'm hoping that in another series, because I guess House of Cards is over, uh, that um, that they will come back and have multiple episodes because it's mm-hmm. just getting you know your foot in the water and they know the set mm-hmm. and the camera people love them and all of that stuff, so they help them. But that's not the end. The second job is the hardest job to get. Um, one of the shows, and you, we haven't touched on this yet, uh, that I absolutely adore, even though it's very, very, very strange, very bizarre, <laughs> but I love American Horror Story. Uh-huh. One, of the, one of the reasons is not only because it's brilliantly done and it's tongue-in-cheek, but you have three astounding actresses, toe-to-toe. Jessica Lang, Angela Bassett, Catherine uh-huh. Bates. And you can't get better. And they are going at it like, you know, hammer and tongue. To see three <laughs> major women, you know, on a show um, with great parts and really acting up a storm. And I meant that not in a derogatory way, but brilliantly. It's a thrill for me to see. So you don't have one woman as a detective and the guy to help her. You know, you see, you see three women substantially doing their own lives. I mean, strange mm-hmm. as it may be, but um, <laughs> it's still terrific. It's just terrific. And I yeah, and, and what also is what I was going to say too, Nancy, is what's even better is they're women of a certain age. You know, thank uh, you for bringing that up. Yes. You know, I was saying to somebody who had some little boy boys, and I said, you know, I'm surprised these kids don't scream when they see a woman with gray hair on the street, like it's, you know, from another planet. Because sociologically speaking, it's so dangerous to not introduce older people, men and women, you know, not as the doddering grandfather or grandmother or the, or the, the butt of a joke or, um, you know, something that is derogatory towards the, the age area, but to have them substantially strong, marvelous people. And um, I miss that. I miss that. In TV, the older, you know, the older days of live TV, there were many characters <coughs> on shows, live television, that had... Uh, you know, mature people, you know, 50, 60, 70, 80, you know, and as I said, they weren't the butt of jokes. They were, they had substantial, you know, things to say. And um, this is like, you know, erase anybody over 40, especially the women. The guys, character men, work all the time. The women are gone to the, you know, Screen Actors Guild uh, graveyard if they're over 40. And it's it's a disgrace. <laughs> it truly is. Well, That's why I love that seeing these. I mean, me, I was going to say, Nancy, that leads me to the uh, kind of another question: is you talked about American Horror Story that you love. I'm sure there's other films, other shows you love to watch, and that may go hand in glove with this other question: is who you are, who are you most excited about in the industry today? You mentioned Angelina Jolie. There may be others uh, from a director, producer, or writer standpoint. Well. Uh, you know, I, I, I hope there's going to be lots more, but I am. I give a scholarship uh, every year to the American Film Institute for the Women's Directing Program. And um, so slowly but surely, you know, there are some directors coming out of that program. 
And the hard part is, even though they have a program called shadowing, you can take a director and put that director in a show, and they follow for the week um, the director who is presently working on the show. But at the end of the day, even though they stand there all day watching and learning and seeing and what have you, they don't, they're not given an episode. Then mm-hmm. I'm told, great, well, you did that, and let's see the, the work that you did at the American Film Institute, and let's take a chance, and let's have some mentors on the set, and let's give you a show. That part hasn't happened yet, but I'm working on that. I'm going to try and make that happen because uh, I used to, when I was doing Melrose Place and Dynasty and all those shows, I would have, you know, three or four women uh, who potential directors follow me and I'd mm-hmm. teach as I'd go along. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think a few directors, women directors are doing that now, but, um, you know, I, that's, I think that's the only way to try to get over the barrier is to mm-hmm. try to convince the showrunners, you know, that these people are, need to have the next break. You know, with fellas, they can go out, talk, you know, about baseball or basketball or all that sort of stuff and, you know, go and play for all that. They have a camaraderie. Women don't have that same capacity. We're going to say, let's go out and have some tea and talk about you know, how we can't get a job. Uh, You know, it's such a different mindset. And, you know, Mm -hmm. they also go play golf together and blah, blah, blah. Right. They have all those opportunities. Exactly. Yeah, we don't have that socialization. As you look ahead at this industry over the next five or ten years, you know, you've already mentioned the, the need for, uh, shadowing and truly teaching women the craft of directing, for example. What do you see in that crystal ball and hope that changes in the next decade? Well, again, your questions are so well thought out. Um, I think what's going to help a great deal is the streaming video um, some of the stuff that's uh, you know that's coming out you know on the iPad, um, and I think you can make small films with a reasonable budget, uh, you know that will indeed be opportunities for people to direct. Most of the people want the brass ring, you know, uh, and rightly so. Uh, but it's again a hard a hard climb up. Uh, I mean, Miss uh, Paulin, who's also on. Um, American Horror Story, has made a couple of films herself. And, you know, getting a release is very, very hard. Um, I mean, I'm looking at the wonderfully talented woman who did Monster, uh, whose name has slipped my mind, uh, with Charlene Theron, which garnered her an Academy Award. I haven't seen too many pictures that she's made after that, maybe one or two. But the mm-hmm. guys, if they have a bomb, are already doing the next mm-hmm. few pictures. Right. Um, and so you always get, well, you know, we don't know what's the track record. And I said, with all due respects, Bob Altman, who was a friend and also directed me in a pilot, um, used to make one movie after the other that made four cents. <laughs> but he had, exactly. you know, he had, he had a following uh, at the right. studios who loved him. And I mean, mm-hmm. I loved him too, but you don't get the same. You have a woman who bombs, and it's a, you yeah. know it's a it's a catastrophe to get the second or third picture. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I so, hope your crystal ball is right. I hope that changes for women that they get the chance, the second chance that they so richly deserve and have the same footing, um, at least the same chances. I think that's all we ever ask for is just to have the same chance, the same opportunity to get up to bat because we all know that once we yeah. get up to bat, we could knock it out. It's just a matter of getting up to bat. Nancy, Yo, you've done a lot over your Maria, career. You're absolutely right. I mean, all people want to have is a chance. And if they bomb, please, let's have a second chance at it. Um, because there are so, so many more things that enter into a woman walking on the set, you know, mm-hmm. to than a guy uh, walking on the set. I mean, you have to prove so many more things, like you have to be better, 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 better than everybody, and you can't get the guys antagonistic towards you, and which certainly yep. happened when I was starting. And mm-hmm. um, you know, it's a whole it's a whole different chemistry. But mm-hmm. I, I do think that it's going to change. We need to have women's perspective on the screen. And it yes. can't all be about killing and shooting and, and, you know, maiming and costumes. Well, no, and at the end of the day, women will pay for a ticket, right? We go and we pay what we want to watch. And the, the movie industry has to be able to put product out there that women want to consume. And I... I, and unfortunately, we're running out of time, but I do know for, for listeners out there, Nancy, one of the things you wanted to make sure that I, I I kind of gave them a call to action, which is vote with your pocketbook, right? Vote with a right. phone call, an email, a letter right. to studios and distributors and let them know what you want to watch, the kind of roles you want to see. And Absolutely. that goes a long way in making change. That's absolutely right, Maria, and, and the more that you bring that up and enforce it from your end, I think there'll be some change. Let's hope so, Nancy. And Nancy, thank you so much for all that you've done for the industry over your 50-year career and on, because I know you're not done, and I'm just thrilled to have had you on today sharing your insights, and uh, thank you so much. Thank you, Maria. Thank you for your wonderful questions. They were inspiring. Oh, thank you so much. Putting up with George, me and getting thank me Thank you, George. <laughs> we all thank George. And, and everyone listening, please do write your studio, write your distributors, let them know what you want to watch and who you want to watch. And for everyone, please return next week for another edition of First Strings next Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. And until then, make it a great one. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.